And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. Hey listeners, the new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX-11, is here. RX-11 is everything you need to fix, enhance, and polish your audio for music and content creation. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10 at isotope.com. That's F-R-E-T-1-0 at I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hi, Mary. Hi. How you doing? Uh, what's what's the haps? I don't know where you are. Where are uh, you? I live in Washington D.C. Oh. Um, yes, nation's capital, Northwest D.C. It's where I grew up. Wow, I love D.C. Yeah, how is it? How is it? D.C. You do really? I don't think I ever hear people say that. That's interesting. It's fine. It's you know, I I grew up here till I was like. 18 i went to move to boston lived in boston for a long time now and i've been back here for a long time actually mm. but um wait when you say you like dc i'm interested in is it because of the black cat it's partly because of the black cat um uh-huh. and the 930 club and yeah uh i know it's a little it's spread a little thinner or or less uh transparent these days but the ethiopian culture i've always celebrated like a west coast freak when i go there um and i don't know i like walking around i even like Mm -hmm. all of the the i guess you can call them touristy things it's just fun it's a fun place to run yeah yeah yep i could see that like down by the mall yeah yeah um it is a really visitable place. Is that a word even? I don't it's know. a nice place to visit. Yeah. 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 And it uh, and it just the mo- yeah. uh, monuments are beautiful. Food's really good. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I there's always Brendan Canty too, who just makes everything. He's put sunshine on everything. He is the best. He that is. Dude is the best. I wonder if he knows I really that. I love that dude. I don't think I don't know. I I don't 
very special guy. I love Brendan. He is, I know what you're saying. He is kind of like the music mayor. Yes. He just knows everyone. I know. Like everyone. And um, he's just super positive and solid and awesome. You know who's also awesome is his daughter, who's in the band called Birthday Party now. That's right. Birthday Girl. Yeah. Sorry, birthday, yeah, birthday, birthday Girl. Party. Um, he says, sorry, wrong band. Birthday Girl, she's insanely talented. I've been sort of teaching her um, over the past year. Oh, cool. She's in Spain right now. But anyway, she's insanely talented, and they, they started this band. It's really good. With Alec Mackay's daughter. Oh, wow. Um, and they're really, really good. Um, we're going to be tour touring with them a bit. Oh, you are? But, great. Um, That's great. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, I mean, most people know you've you've had this uh, incredible history of um, being in these incredible rock bands. I sincerely say that. Um, I, I think I like all of them. I like, really like sure. all of them. Very nice. Helium Autoclave. That's really nice, Joe. XX. Wild Flag. I was trying to figure out one that was my favorite but I can't decide. I would probably lean on Wild Flag, but a little biased, but... <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was, that was but, a really fun band. But yeah. do you remember where you got, um, where guitar playing and, and uh, writing music and being in a band got a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I would definitely say growing up in D.C., uh, had a lot to do with it. I, um, you know, just, I guess the first punk show I went to, I was like, I was in 10th grade. I still remember it. I think it was like, um, I'm pretty sure I've been talking to Alec about this. So I think it was like Faith, like pretty hmm. sure it was the last yeah. show. And um, Beefeater and I think Dane, Bramage played, which is like Dave Grohl is in that band. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I like walked into that fucking show at like fourteen. And I was like, "This yeah. is crazy! What the hell going on here?" <laughs> and like, um, I didn't like get the music yet at all. Just like it's really loud, but people are really excited about it. So yeah. I would say like then after that I would just like find you know there would be like flyers around and be like you know this punk show is happening so it's sort of like socially kind of going to those not necessarily being like this is the kind of music I want to make but it was more just like I don't know a really interesting thing that was happening and then like on my own i was like studying guitar at that age oh you are I went to this arts high school yeah well i i just got into like writing songs because my brother got a guitar for christmas one year and he's really into like kiss and like neil young and he would like show me how to play songs that he wrote i guess and like yeah open right. chords and so it was really through my brother but i, I don't think if i hadn't like gone to those punk shows i don't think i would have realized like music something you can do on your own you know yeah i don't think i was like a punk i like i don't know i don't know what i was but i was just into being creative and yeah, yeah. i like playing guitar i really liked playing guitar because you could like it was like something people used to write songs you know mm -hmm. yeah so um i don't know that's that's about where i was 
Did you play, uh, learn piano ever? Formally? I sort of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, for a year when I was in seven or something. And I think I did it a little bit in high school because it's part of the school stuff we did. But not not much. Viola, I did viola oh, okay. lessons a lot, like, from, like, nine to, like, high school, which I was really terrible at and still am. <laughs> and I, I still have it. It's right there. You do? <laughs> I still have it. I'm like carrying that thing around. Um, I did pick it up again. Yeah. I did play it sometimes. I picked it up in high school and like actually studied for a year. I still fucking did. I remember that. Like, <laughs> I remember like when I was like, all right, I, I am actually going to practice this instrument and get good. Like I remember practicing yeah. and like outside on the street i could hear these people talking and they're like that child is god awful this is when oh, i was like 17 uh, and then i was just uh, i think that was it i just stopped after that yeah, yeah the, <laughs> it sounds like i'm not good at this instrument according to uh it was right <laughs> but that's why guitar is great because it has frets yeah like, thank fucking god yeah. You know, frets. Thank God for frets. That's a great, so, that's a great know. way to put it. Keep that squeaky away. Yeah. Well, well, um, we're here really to talk about your new record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Un- Untame the Tiger, out February twenty third on Merge. Great. I've been listening to it for the entire weekend. It's, it's scratching an, a guitar record itch that I've been wanting forever. Um, and it's uh, as I said, it it is guitar rich. I'd say it's guitar wealthy. Uh, it's so there's so many cool guitar parts and layers. And um, as a record as a whole, leads the the listener in all kinds of directions, which I think is very interesting. And it's it, but it's cohesively, you know, bonded by your voice and your your particular style. Um, it's also tricky at times as far as guitar playing i'm not a guitar player Mm. but it's also simple i think it has it i think it has it all it's it's on the level of like a tom petty record for no joke i really think that and it seems the sentiment as far as i can gather it 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 seems to be about separation and and loss but it's Mm -hmm. not doesn't always particularly uh, seem to be about love loss, um, romantic uh-huh. romantic love loss. That is, right. um, wh- where were where were you uh, artistically or personally when you started writing? Right, right, right. Okay, so um, my God, I think I started. Okay, started writing before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, and I think like basically what happens with me is I'll start getting in a phase where I'm trying to come up with stuff i don't usually know what it's for i'm just you know so i i think after a little while it's like god these really don't sound like a band they sound more like my solo stuff. i think also because i had gone back to this tuning that i used to use which is like it dropped d basically and then one of the oh. the, the second string goes down to to a, a an a so it's like the dad gad tuning but not exactly because the high e string is normal so uh-huh. it's kind of yeah, I so you see that tuning that. all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you know, it's just a different 
it's just a little different and you got to play chords in a different way sure. so it makes you kind of like not know what you're doing yeah you know what i mean like it's like if, if you like set your drums up like on the other side yeah, or something right. you know what i yeah. mean like um because you're like you can't do anything rote uh -huh. because everything sounds different yeah. you know so th that's why i used to like it then i got really tired of it because i was playing in it all the time yeah. so I went back to nor tuning my guitar normally, and then like I guess what happened is I got sick of that, and then I went back to the weird tuning sure. again. And yeah. I, a lot of people have like a bunch of weird tunings, but I've really only, oh, well, I really only mess around with changing those two strings. But anyway, so I was writing songs using that tuning, and they just sounded like solo songs. So, and then the pandemic happened, and then all this other stuff in my life was like really intense. Like basically, my parents. Which is how it's just my age and all, all you know people of i'm not sure how old you are but <laughs> people of you know like when you get to a certain age your parents unfortunately if you're lucky enough to have them like start getting sick so i um i had to deal with a lot of really challenging stuff because both my parents were sick at the same time oh my dad had dementia my mom had cancer so yeah i was like and i was pretty much the primary i was do it, you yeah. know, in charge of all of it. Um, well, just to my condolences, and my just went through that with my mom as any indication of did. my age. So, yeah. You did? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So intense. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, you know, I mean, yeah, so it was just a lot. It was a lot. It was, you know, so there was a lot to manage. Um, but it was also really like, I, absolutely i'm so grateful for that time i got so much closer to my dad mm -hmm. and was able to like really bond with him he actually was never into music but he got he had to mention he got like really obsessed with leonard cohen oh my gosh it was amazing that's beautiful it was free it was so great it was beautiful yeah. he was like always wanted to sing leonard cohen and i got him like all these leonard cohen records and then just listen to them and he was obsessed with this one song from the 80s called dance me the end of i can't remember end of love or something like he just he would like scream sing it it was awesome oh man <laughs> yeah That's so amazing. that was really nice that was so nice um i really mi I missed that time actually but anyway but it was also like super nuts because he was really sick and all this crazy shit was happening so yeah i was doing that dealing with that and then i don't know it was a crazy time another member of my family was like the mental illness and I was like helping. It was really intense. It was just basically when it rains, it pours. Sure. And I was like, it was my life was insane. Yeah. And I lost my relationship of like 12 years, right? At the oh same time. God. So it was, it was chaos. I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, it it's, it's so, laughable. No, it was fucked. <laughs> yeah. It was like a shit show. Yeah. Every day. It was like, it would be like 4 a.m. and I'd get a call. Your mom. Oh, yeah. It was like, my mom would be like, I. You're not gonna believe this, but your dad was in the car. He got in the car, and yeah, with the police picked him. It was like everything. Oh. <laughs> Insane. I'm sorry. Wow. You know, crazy. it's okay, yeah. but it was. Uh, I think it was like, first of all, it could have been a lot worse for many reasons, mm -hmm. and you know, it, and I learned so much, and yeah, it definitely could have been worse. Like. I have, you know, this house and like my health and like I was able to get help from my parents. So they really, I don't know. Uh, 
it well, I just learned so much. Yeah. I learned like not to be scared of fucking anything anymore. Sure. Cause like when, you know, like getting through whatever kind of, tr- you know, dramatic shit's going on with them and it, it's fine. Like I just, my whole priorities, everything shifted. My priorities in life, like what I value in life. I just learned like how short it is and how to appreciate the time we have here. And it made me really not scared of making this record. Right. I didn't really want to make the record, but I was like, dude, I, if I can't be scared of like making these decisions about how to record and all this stuff, because like, I don't know. Now I know like so much more about life. Right. That's how I felt. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, I was able to like, really, um, do what I wanted to do on the record and um, really shifted my uh, way I look at life, I think, okay. in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me, um, especially again yeah. after after kind of giving it uh, a real listen lyrically. To the other side of that, there's also some lightness to the record, which I think is kind of a probably unintentional, but uh, a good tool to even expand and drive the listening experience. It's a, it's a, it just adds to the the experience. And it's so, it's, Mm. I mean, I, I hope the song Domino has a little lightness to it because that's what I picked up. Yeah, no, no, definitely. No, I mean, (laughs) Domino's rather. uh, I don't know. I would say none of the songs are really a bummer to me because it's like, I, you know, when you're creative, you're kind of doing it to make yourself feel better. Yeah, so, sure. like, all of them kind of feel hopeful and yeah, to me. Yeah, I guess. I guess the. I hope if they bum people out, then you know you did a bad yeah. job. I think. Because, well... <laughs> like, that's never a goal. You know what I mean? It's never a goal to like bum people out. Yeah. Um, like, because whenever you're creative, I'm pretty sure mostly you do it because it makes you feel better right or like yeah. channels your energy in a certain way that helps you you know yeah so hopefully that'll if you do it well you know then like maybe and it connects to someone else then you know you did it well that doesn't always happen and sometimes it is like but you know even bad art i think helps people <laughs> that's I my so. that's the way i think of it i do too yeah because you learn what you don't want to do like you know what i mean like if you hear something you don't like you're like okay well this is what i don't like about it and that's helpful so right i don't know yeah and and (laughs) sort of heavy music heavy you know subject music has i mean for so many years in my life it was just all i listened to so I I mean I it wasn't a dark vibe for me then and it still isn't. Right. I you know, and just that was huh. just what I listened to. It was I thrived off of Really? Thrive. I maybe strong, but I yeah. Well no, you mean I think I know what you mean because uh you got the person talking or singing has to mean what they say or else it doesn't mean anything to you to anyone else, really, you know? Well put, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, I'd like to play dominoes. Is that cool? Okay. Speaking of, yeah. Okay, that's good. No, thank you for playing it. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> when I met you, you were talking like a madman who just got high. 
just fun to me actually on the on that on that time around listening to it <laughs> I, I listened to it while i was landing in seattle on sunday morning and uh it's a good it's a good landing song oh cool yeah i like that yeah. it picks up towards the end wait where were you coming from los angeles very nice yeah and that song has a lot of neat layers to it uh, again i the guitar layering on this record I don't know if it's just me. It it's um you know sometimes people layer records with keys, synths, guitars, whatever, and sometimes they're layered and you can't really tell what's going on. They're not as transparent. I like the type of layering mm -hmm. that is that you can almost see, and there's a lot of it on this record and that uh, song in particular that catches my attention. Uh, thank um, you. Yeah, 
How I do think you, it was uh, mixed well. Uh, yeah. Do, 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 do Dave Freeman mix that one, and he's such a genius. So oh, I yeah. think that probably speaks to his ear a little bit, what you're saying sure. about how you can hear the things. He's very yeah. good at that. Like, yeah. making things have their own space. Like, so, you exactly. know, like, like organizing the frequencies so that things are all audible and stuff. Tell me a little bit about uh, the recording process on this record. Well, a couple things. One extremely awesome, awesome thing is I got to record with Dave Maddox. Okay. Which was that was my big question. Yes. <laughs> it was such a fucking amazing experience. He's basically like one of my favorite musicians of all time. He's he was in Fairport Convention for many years, uh, who I totally love and recorded with like Steel Ice Band, who I really love, and like before and after Science Bite, you know, he was on that record, which yeah. is always classic favorite, like Nick Drake um, yeah. played on that stuff. I mean, just like all this stuff. He was a session he... person in London for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been fascinating to me because he is a, and even I looked on Wikipedia, it even uses this term folk drummer. But I've always thought about like the folk drummer, which is kind of an interesting, <laughs> as a drummer, oh. kind of an interesting moniker to have. But he also did the Eno thing, and I think he did other art rocky kind of things. What a drumming life is all I got to say. Seriously. I mean, he's just played on so, and he was in like Jethro Tull for a while. That's right. Like, he's just done so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, he played with Paul McCartney. Like, he's done a lot of stuff. And, um, okay, so how'd you guys? Okay, connect? so the reason why that happened is because Joe Long is my really, really good friend. Um, you know, talk a lot about like what we're making and, the next record and like i've helped him on his records and he's helped me on mine and he was kind of like producing with me and he kept saying like there's there during the pandemic i was like working on songs and he, he kept being like well what are you what's your plans and i was like i don't really know <laughs> and then and he's like well you should get dave maddox and and i was i was like what <laughs> you gotta be kidding me that would he would never play with me <laughs> You know what I mean? To me, that's like, you should get Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. So um, <laughs> so then one day, I he had said it a couple times, and then one day I was like, well, well fuck yeah. Like, he lives in Boston. Like, yes, let's yeah. ask him. So Joe called him up, and like within an hour, like we were getting him a plane ticket to come record. I just, I don't know. Amazing. He's like my favorite drummer. Why would, I'm just, sometimes I just get too scared there to think about right. doing things that I really want to do. So um, anyway, so he said yes, which was awesome. We all met in LA and recorded at 606 and it was just awesome. And he's like the best dude, like, such a nice guy. He's like not only technically really good, but he just really, he's had a lifetime of like being a session dude. So he's like really aware of songs and wants to make, you know, like too much almost. I was like, no, do some fills. <laughs> And he's like, right. oh, this song doesn't need any fills. You know what I mean? He's just like, 
And you know what? He was so right. Like every time he said that, like there's only a couple of times when I was like, don't, don't you want to make it like crazier? Yeah. Pills? And he's like, no, I, I really, Mary, I really don't think so. And I would be like, oh gosh, okay. But then, then later I found out he was totally right. Like he just has some really good. Yeah. Humor. Uh, so, and he was just a joy to play with. And it was a wonderful experience. It's so good. Like his tone was so it good. Is. And his playing was so it's good. really great. Yeah, so that was super fun, and my friend Chad played bass, and that was he's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just sorry, Chad. I didn't mean to leave you out. Chad's amazing too, but yeah, it was just like we were all so excited to play with Dave Maddox because he's a hero. Yeah, you know. And how did you um? How did you track? Did you track liveish or did you liveish? I put that in um, there. That, live. Yeah, no, liveish is a good <laughs> word. Yeah, no, it was liveish because um, I was playing, but I'm not sure how many of the guitars tracks we used but um definitely like chad and dave's stuff from that session we used mm -hmm. i did most of the guitars i did here in my basement oh, okay. and yeah my friend dennis would come over and um yeah i took like, like literally like a year and a half after that session i did a couple other sessions around here in baltimore it, one at Jay Robbins Studio in Baltimore, which is that's a really great drum room oh. too, actually. What's that you know, studio Jay called? From Jawbox, and yeah, it's called Magpie Cage. Um, it's a really great drum room, and he's super good at getting drum sounds. And my friend um, Dave Christian played on that, and he's he's great. Um, so that was really fun, also. And um, yeah, but most of the guitars I did here, I literally like. I tried to play, I got my grandmother's acoustic from the 30s, actually. Mm. I had just gotten that, and I got it fixed up, and that thing sounds awesome. So a lot of the acoustic is that. It is. Part. Like a lot of the verse acoustics um, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. got it. It's right over here. But it's from the 30s. It's cool. It sounds great. Uh, I played my jazz master a lot. Uh, it's really recorded mostly out of this little champ and mm -hmm. the swart these tiny amps and um i had three preamps and slowly all the channels broke except for one <laughs> so i ended up like <laughs> like using one channel on a preamp <laughs> and one microphone but the but the thing is so it's nice to have limitations you know like yeah. like all right well i'm using this one million mic and i did use this thing too probably this whatever it is, beta 58 or whatever. And then, um, but really what we did is just play with different mic placements and like different guitar, every guitar. I'm just, you know, like my friend Dennis would come over here and we'd like try like 10 different sounds. Yeah. Just cause we, I didn't have a label set. I just wanted to take my time. I didn't want to figure that stuff out. I wanted to just do it casually, Yeah. you know, take my time. So that's interesting. So, you know, I now you know i know the record and i think listeners now that they know that all the different mic placements that illustrates a lot for me on the record because i did listen to the the guitar parts quite a bit closely um interesting thank you cool. yeah a lot of just and a lot i i don't normally use acoustic guitars so that was different for me i had to kind of like mm -hmm. learn a lot about how to record them well is that a pain you know? in the buns to record acoustic guitar it seems kind of like i mean well only because i don't know anything about it like i'm just used to recording electrics more so um yeah it was just more experimenting with mic placements and like 
different acoustic guitars and I just had learning to do about about it um, yeah. Which is fun, you know. Yeah. Well, it's fruitful. It's it's a rad yeah, I record. So. I, so thank good. you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Um, yeah. No, I um, I'm so glad to hear that. It means a lot. Yeah, Thanks. I want to see it live. Yeah. You, have, I'm assuming you have yeah. uh, tour dates, and I um, want to talk about that tour dates, but I think you may have a tour story yeah. or two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay, so, uh, I do, okay, wait, so, okay, so I've got three tour stories, so I go, should I just go ahead with them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, all right, so a little bit of a disclaimer, I, this story actually was actually shared by my friend Kendall recently on a different podcast, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you, so just to let you know that it has been told before recently so well, if you want to edit a... it out that's fine yeah. i'll just yeah you can a b it and compare them yeah we should a b it for sure the story's better okay yeah. <laughs> okay so, on like a big okay, on like a big screen <laughs> yeah a big event <laughs> will a b the stories <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> who said it better She'll win. It's fine. Okay. So anyway, my friend Kendall was in Helium for a tour in 1997. And Helium was touring on this record called Magic City. Um, we were doing some shows on the West Coast. We were opening for Sonic Youth at the Fillmore in San Francisco. And I don't remember much about the actual show, but I do remember getting off stage and there was this kind of like, I was like packing up my stuff. Cause I'm sure in those days I was like playing and then you like start packing your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I go, I walked into the dressing room and Nicholas Cage is in the dressing room, like gesticulating wildly. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? And I think I had just seen leaving, so leaving Las Vegas, the one yeah. where he's like a major alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Okay, so um, I was like, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I think that's Nicholas Cage. So, like, I'm looking at dressing him. He's like, just so good. Like, he's like really drunk, drunk. Yeah. I was like, I think he's drunk. Okay, anyway, so he was like, just like, <laughs> kind of like flipping out, like, that was so good. Oh my God, like, what? Like, and he was just like sitting down and he started hanging out. And I was like, this is really crazy. There's, <laughs> anyway, then he was like, looked over at us and he was like, what are you guys doing tomorrow night? And um, and we were like, I don't know, we were playing here again because we had another show. And then he's like, you guys got to come over to my house. I'm having dinner with Tom Waits. You got to come over to my house. Yes. Um, and I know. So I was like, oh, my God. Weirdly, I was like, I mean, the whole time, I was, like, a huge Tom Waits fan. Like, in the early 90s, I was, just like, really obsessed with him. So I was like, this mm -hmm. is, like, fucking insane. And I'm so, I was, had, like, terrible social anxiety in my 20s. I was like, how will I survive? I'm going to, like, fucking lose my mind. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is kind of cool. Anyway, so, and I also kind of didn't really believe it. Also, he was wasted. So, anyway, so the yeah, next day, right. we're like, 
I do, I do think I spent like part of the day just like, how am I going to even like deal? Cause I'm so shy and anxious. Like I was going to fucking flip out if I go, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we got all ready. Kendall bought like a, a pie or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you bring? We all go to the address he gave us and like, I think we like skip sound check like irresponsibly. Like I, I don't know. Maybe we didn't need to go to sound check because we'd already played. I don't know. Anyway, we go, we ring the doorbell, click took a cab over there, nobody answers, you know? So and then like um we're all like kind of getting deflated and um we ring the doorbell again, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I think we tried one more time, we're about to leave. And like this guy came to the door and I swear to God, this is the part that I remember. And I don't think Kendall, maybe Kendall didn't agree with me, but I think he was wearing a chef's hat. <laughs> this oh, guy came yeah. to the door in the chef's hat and was like, yeah. he's like, Hey, what, what? Oh, oh yeah. Nick, Nick, he had to go. He's in LA. He's in LA or he's in New York. He had to, he had to leave. <laughs> no. So yes. Yeah, so, yeah. He didn't, he wasn't there. Oh. Anyway, so then we go to the show, and according to Kendall, I think he sent us flowers, which is nice. Oh, okay. That's very nice as an apology. I think he was just a little drunk. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Tom Waits Sorry. was sitting in, like in his living room all by himself? Like, what probably. The, what the fuck is Nick gonna show us? <laughs> or maybe it was just the two of us. And he was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot I I invited that band." <laughs> looking out, oh. looking out his window, like, <laughs> tell him something. Tell he was him like, something. "Fuck." Tell him in LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Probably. Anyway, so that that was funny. Huh? I hope he repairs this someday. This broken promise of his. I know. Well, he did send us flowers. I guess that was really nice. But that's true. It was weird. All it right. was a weird moment. It was a weird moment, especially because I had really worked myself up that day. Going, I'm really nervous to meet you know. And then it was like, work, work. Anyway. I would have been so nervous. Why you ring the doorbell? And then when you ring it twice, and you're like, <laughs> oh boy, is this gonna, you kind of start hoping it's not going to happen. Totally. And also when you're like 26, things are so much more important. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now yes. I play Maga, whatever. But at the time yeah. I was like, this is epic. Yeah. It's Tom Waits, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. Tour store number. These are more typical tour stories. So we are driving. This is also earlier that year. We were going to like Ann Arbor or something. I can't remember. All I know it was like six hour drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Ford Econa line. And for this tour, we had two more people with us. So we had decided to bring a trailer. And, you know, like, did you ever like, in a van like you build the loft in the back and you like put the gear under the loft and like someone yes. would sleep on the top it's so yes. unsafe but like yeah we always trap <laughs> total death trap i don't know if that was like a 90s thing if people still do that i don't know if they do oh. at this point i don't even own vans anymore yeah yeah it really stressed me out there was a turning point in in touring for me where i just dawned on me one day when i was up there i was like this is fucking crazy and then i just always turned around so if i went through the windshield i would go feet first and then i I just transitioned into the final stages like fuck that i'm not going up there yeah Yeah. 
<laughs> I like the feet first. That's actually probably true. You know, it's better yeah. to break your legs than your head. Yeah, than your head. Yeah. Yeah, but then and then when you really think about it, you're like, I, I just put on my seatbelt. I'll just sit in this the bench. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. I'll just. No, scratch. I think I have the yeah. same thing. I don't feel like the. Yeah, it's fine. Bloody mess. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, no, I totally went through that same exact sequence yeah. of thoughts, I think. Um, but so what happened since we had the trailer, Sean, our drummer, uh, had come up with the uh, idea of making the what you were the gear used to go like into this like zone where you could like sleep during the yeah. day, like underneath the loft. So you like put sure. a bunch of pillows and blankets. And, okay, so yeah, he. He he uh, spent the whole tour in that. That was his zone. Mm -hmm. It was like we called it the rat hole or something. I think, but yeah. <laughs> basically, in the morning, we could leave the hotel and Sean would get into his little hole, and we wouldn't see him all day. It'd just be in there sleeping and stuff. He's drinking a lot of the time, I guess. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> um, <laughs> just recovering in this little area. So um. We were driving to, I think it was Ann Arbor. Uh, we stopped at this rest stop just in the middle of nowhere. And of course, this is before cell phones. So none of us had cell phones. Uh, we were in the middle of nowhere, stopped up to get gas, um, got back in the car, drove two more hours to Ann Arbor, got out of the car. We were like backing in to load in. I remember we had to back up and and Ashley was driving. It's like, hey, Sean, can you see if we got room back there? Like, Sean, Sean. Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized Sean wasn't in the van. Oh. So we left him at the red stop. Two and it was hours. before cell phones. Yeah. So he was so pissed. Uh, luckily, oh, also, we didn't have tour books. So he had no idea where we were going. Right. He just knew it was Ann Arbor. I think he did. Yeah. And I I think he had maybe called a friend at home who called somebody, you know, yeah. who like called the booking agent who called the club. Uh and I think what happened is somebody figured out what club we were playing at <laughs> and and uh told Sean and then Sean like I don't know. He probably had like a calling card or something at the time, you oh, know, called the club right. and like uh, on a payphone. So uh, we had to drive back and get him two hours. And so it was like we got, so it was like seven o'clock. We were at the show. Then um, we had to, I didn't go because I felt bad about that. But I think Kendall and Jeff went and they had to drive two hours to get him and two hours back. They just got there in time for the set. So oh. we got him. Was he mad? <laughs> yeah, he was so mad. He was so, yeah, of course. I, I would, I mean, God. Yeah. It was weird. Time before cell phones, it was hard to know what was going on. Right. Um, poor Sean. He was so mad. Oh, man. Uh, well, I do have one other story. Yes. Okay, so this one is more recently. It was on, like, one of the most difficult tours I've ever been on, which actually happened when I was in my 40s. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. because I didn't tour for a long time, like after like 35, I don't know. I just was like, uh, I stopped touring for a little bit until I got, it. I was like, took a break for a while. Cause I just was not making any money on my own 
solo records and it was just too hard sure. so then i got when i started getting touring more when i joined wild five and um so then i was kind of like i'm just down to tour yeah. so i was kind of like saying yes to everything basically so when x hex started the first tour we ever went on to europe we weren't making any money and we had somehow by complete just miscommunication and mistake had gotten hooked up with the world's smallest van basically so <laughs> basically like like a miniature car van which oh we don't really God. have here so it was like five people like you could you had to be touching another person at all times in the van like and the and yeah. the seat was straight like the back right. seat was a bench that where you're like basically like this and oh like you were touching two God. people at all times. It was awful. Um, <laughs> so that was part of the reason why I was just not comfortable. Yeah. And the other part of the reason was the routing was insane. Yeah. We were just like driving. It. it was the routing's terrible. We're getting paid no more. We we're staying in a lot of hostels. Oh lord. Which I didn't realize. So it was like the, one of the first times I realized like you gotta. When you're working with a new booking agent, you have to double check in Europe. You have to double check yeah. where you're staying. Yeah, stuff like that. Anyway, so on that tour, we were exhausted. We were just like, it was like post-traumatic stress disorder. After a while, we're so fucking exhausted. How long was it? Six weeks in January. Oh, my good Lord. I know. I know. It was it is like You're like... <laughs> all... I could see, like, when you guys get out of the van, you're just, like, half dead. Like, hey, Mary. Hello. Hey, we're going to play the show. That, no, it was definitely that kind of <laughs> vibe. It was like everyone was in a bad mood. Um, so we got to it, but it was also, like, kind of hilarious, too. Yeah. It was so bad that it was funny. Sure. You know what I mean? So we got to Amsterdam. I think we like maybe Laura had gotten in a fight with the sound guy because he was like really weird. He's like making her put tape on the symbols. I don't know. It's a strange thing. Yeah. That was a little weird. Anyway, so we were, um, we had played. We were just fucking exhausted. There was like a dance party right after we played. And so we were like loading out through the dance party. And um, I think we had like, Maybe we had loaded out and we're like, fuck it, we're just gonna dance for like 15 minutes before we go to the hostel or yeah. whatever. So and then right, just like let go of the stress. This dude like ended up like biting Betsy on the head somehow. Like, I don't know. Like he was taller and like maybe he fell over. Anyway. <laughs> Teeth first. I think so. <laughs> so like, I didn't like see it happening, but I just looked at her. Oh. She was like blood, blood. Oh. She was like, oh, oh, that was weird. And I was like, oh my god, you're bleeding. And there's like blood like all over her face. And then she was like, oh, fuck. Like so then, uh, like she went to see if the bartender had alcohol to, or like something to put on her wound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they poured vodka on her head. <laughs> so. So uh, then we're just okay. So we gotta go. So we got in the van. We're driving. Um, we're just kind of like laughing. Well, Betsy was like kind of freaked out because she got bit by some weird guy, of course. So <laughs> then we we go to the hostel, and we we had stayed at a bunch of hostels on this tour, which are it's kind of miserable when you're on tour to do that, especially at 
45 or whatever I was yeah, at the time. Yeah, that's um, tough. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? Um, but anyway, so we got to the place we were staying. It was hostile, which is fine. It seemed like it was going to be okay. But then we got into our room. We realized we were all in the same room, and it was like the S&M room. And we were all... <laughs> And the reason why I know this, or we figured it out, is because there were like these weird like belts and like things, <laughs> things in the oh, wall, and it was like it was it was, <laughs> and we had to all sleep in one one giant bed that was on the floor. Oh my god! Were there other people <laughs> in the room in that room, or is it no, you? It was That's just good. Us. It was just us. Yeah. It was us and our sound guy, and then I think our 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 friend Anne who. We were like, come on, on, a, on a, a, you know, come on to Europe with us, Anne, and sell T-shirts. Yeah. She was on that tour. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Anne. And, um, and Stan, uh, S&M Hostels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did we? We didn't no, mention the was... S&M, S&M Hostels, did we, Anne? <laughs> the S&M <laughs> Hostel. Yeah, so we're all on the, like, sleeping right next to each other on this mattress. After, like, sitting in the van right next oh, to each other all day. Oh, my God. And yeah, so I, I think more than one person cried on that tour, <laughs> for sure, including probably the tour manager. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so that was, that, was a, that was a low point. That was definitely a low point. Yeah. Um, those are my stories. Oh, those are so, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fatiguing to okay. consider those. Sorry. I, I have, I'm I've, sorry. I've, That's no, the no. worst one. Yeah. I like it, though. Yeah, I've I've done yeah exact. I've probably taken the exact same steps, short of having a band member, uh, being bit. Uh, I've done the disco loadout probably at the same club, and probably got. Yeah. I didn't get in the smallest van in the world, but I bet it was some, a similar van, and I bet I went to the same hospital. Hostel, though I don't. I'm, I'm sure. I don't remember SNF. Did you do two? Yeah. Did you do? Have you done like really shitty European tours? Yes. Yeah. Really? You've toured so yeah. much. You've toured so much for so for many years. Yeah. I did a little Black Heart Procession yeah. did a lot of European tours. And, okay. and it ended up like one great thing about being in that band when I was is that it got really nice. It got we watched it happen and right. it really nice being Yes. We weren't rock stars. Yeah, but no, I was, know comfortable. It's like, whoa, we right. have hotels and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, I know. Right. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah, I just got asked to go on a small European tour this year, and I most of, most of me wants to go, and I think I will if I can. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 It's just hard to, harder to know when you're in another country, like what's going to happen. I know. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no touring is lots of things can happen. I guess. Yeah. As yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so back to touring for your new record untame the tiger um yes what what do you when are you gonna hit the road and how are you gonna do it are you gonna do it full band um uh, yeah so i'll be out um in march of next year and yeah i'll have um um let me see i'm gonna have david christian who played drums on the record and betsy wright actually is who also plays in xx with me is gonna mm. be playing yeah guitar and singing and my friend Chad Mulder will be on bass and um, actually we will have my friend um, Anna Wilson will be joining us on Pedal Steel for some of the shows oh, too. Cool. so it'll be a, a big band yeah Brad. yeah that's great yeah well um 
I'm going to look for it. I, let's see. In March, I will be on tour. So I hope I like seeing shows yes, on sure. tour sometimes. I know it sounds weird, but I hope that we cross paths on tour or here in Seattle. I hope so, too. I'm going to look for you because I want to see it. And this record is so great. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. I really appreciate you doing the oh. interview. And of course. Thank you. And thanks for the for stories. Show. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they're, you know. Can use those. Also, uh, last thing <laughs> is maybe I'll see you in DC in February when I'm there. The greatest time to be in DC. Okay, awesome. So I'll bother you. You and Brendan can take us out. Yes, for sure. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. bye.